Well, I want to ask you to um, think about a couple of things, even as we get started, about um, this, this coming year. So the start of a new year is a time when people look ahead and they think about things that they're hoping for this coming year, etc., etc., plans that they have. And so I want to ask you to take just a second and, and not get um, wrapped up. My hope is, even as I do this, that it's not a place that you stay, but that you think about for just a moment, and that is this. What is it as you look ahead, maybe even present tense, but then you, you map that out over the next few months and, and maybe the whole year. What are some things that you have anxiety about? What are some things that you're worrying about, things that you're fearful about? What are things that you're struggling with in in those areas? And and now I want to share this thought with you. So so you think about those things and with them maybe you had um, an understanding of of how big, you know, magnitude, depth. Maybe some of the things that you're anxious about aren't really that huge. Maybe some of them are are tremendous, earth-shaking. Things that have shook who you are to the core. And that's why you're so concerned, worried, fearful, anxious about them. Literally like turned your world upside down and you're just... You're just struggling. So, so I want you to hear this. So when you, you think about this coming year and you think about how you're going to deal with these things, these things that are in place, these things that are real, I, I, I would love to you to hear this and begin to open up your heart to the truth we're going to read in just a moment, that, that you would know this truth, that it is not God's desire, it is not His plan for those things whatever they are, uh, to produce fear, worry, anxiety in your life. It, it isn't. doesn't mean that you're, you know, those things are all going to be magically wiped away. It just His plan is for you to not let them consume you, to eat you alive, to cause those worries and those fears. And in fact, it's not only to reduce it, Can you think like this? Can you see this? Can you imagine it? Can you dream it? That it is His desire, it's His plan to eliminate the worries, the fears, the anxiety, and the stress that you have. Even as I share that, I wonder, and and I'm looking at you, and I'm looking at faces and the deep thoughts, I'm wondering, can people truly believe that statement, that, that... God desires to have those things eliminated in their life. Worries, fears, anxiety, stress. I hope so. You hear that in his word today. And it's not that there won't be those moments. And in fact, sometimes those things are good. You know, we've heard the phrase, healthy sense of fear. I want to submit to you that that's how God created us, to have that be a part of us. And God hopes that you don't lose that. Especially if you're driving down M55 or 66. And you're driving down the road and there's a big truck in the distance. And all of a sudden, from behind that truck, out comes a car and it's racing towards you head on. 
God really hopes you have a healthy sense of fear in that moment. It will cause you to respond. Take evasive action. Oh! Whatever it might be. Maybe toss up a few of those emergency prayers. Have you ever done that? No? I have. Responses of things. You know, something falls. You instantly go like that. Respond. He hopes that you have that, but... But not the way that we live our lives. Letting things bind us. Control us. Consume our thoughts and our moments and our days. It's true of of every person. And it's true of followers of Jesus. They let those things creep into their life. And start to dictate who they are. There was a Barna study done in 2006 that revealed that one out of um, every three is just 34% of all Americans. And so people who follow Jesus and people who don't. Th- think about this. This was just like that blew me away. 34% of all Americans w- would, would describe themselves as totally stressed out. Totally stressed out. 34%. That was in 2006. I got to believe those numbers have went up. Furthermore, 77% indicated that dealing on a daily basis with stress and anxiety is a part of their life. It's a reality for them. 77%. So so 34% are just totally freaking out. And 77% are saying that I have stress and anxiety that is very real that I deal with. To me, those are astounding numbers. And they're numbers that are speaking about you and me. And that's why it is so awesome this morning for me to tell you that God has good news. He wants that to change in our hearts and in our lives. He wants it to be different for us. And he shares truth about it this morning that I simply hope you'll open up your heart to and let it sink in. And it'll be a part of who you are as you seek to follow him. Listen to these words of truth as they come to us this morning from Matthew 6, verses 25 to 34. Therefore I tell you, do not worry about your life, what you will eat or drink, or about your body, what you will wear. Is not life more important than food? And the body, more important than clothes. Look at the birds of the air. They do not sow or reap or stow away in barns, and yet your heavenly Father feeds them. Are you not much more valuable than they? Who of you by worrying can add a single hour to their life? And why do you worry about clothes? See how the lilies of the field grow? They do not labor or spin. Yet I tell you that not even Solomon in all of his splendor was dressed like one of these. If that's how God clothes the grass of the field, which is here today and tomorrow is thrown into the fire, will he not much more clothe you, O you of little faith? So do not worry. Saying, what shall we eat, or what shall we drink, or what shall we wear? For the pagans run after all these things, and your heavenly Father knows that you need them. 
But seek first his kingdom and his righteousness, and all these things will be given to you as well. Therefore, do not worry about tomorrow, for tomorrow will worry about itself. Each day has enough trouble of its own. This is the word and the truth of God. Might it be written in your heart and lived in your life. Don't worry. And I've come to appreciate in ministry and, and in experiences. I have a lot of people that come to me with concerns and issues. I've come to appreciate that people worry about an infinite number of things. There are all kinds of different things that cause people stress and anxiety. Some that might be common to all of us and some that might not be. <clears throat> Jesus addresses a couple of, of core things that, that people um, in his day worried about. And I think to a, to a level, to a degree, are still a concern and things that, that people worry about. <clears throat> Food, water, drink. <clears throat> you know, in this country, we, we don't have too many concerns, really, at least not the, the same way that, that Jesus is addressing it here about food. Even though um, people in our country do wonder where their next meal is going to come from. Even people in our own communities, something we are a little bit oblivious to, I think, but certainly across the world and in other countries. And clean water. One of the biggest problems in all of the world. And by the way, if you're not saving your pop cans right now for the senior hires um, and giving them to them, they're, they're, they're going to use the funds for that for a project called 20 Liter at Genesis. And it's about um, helping bring clean water to people who don't have it in their country. So if you haven't donated your pop cans to it, start doing it now. Great, great cause. Because it's a great need across the world. And I see that all the time in, in mission trips that I've been to. Clean water is huge. But by and large, a lot of us don't have those kind of concerns. In fact, another Barna study done in 2018 showed that People had concerns about food, but you know what the number one food concern was for Americans in 2018? It wasn't that they were going to have something to eat, it's that they would choose eating healthy. You see the difference there? It wasn't, they weren't concerned about having food to eat, not even healthy food, it's that they would make the right choice concerning food. And yet what Jesus is speaking about, even though he uses the example of food and clothes, is about everything. Did you catch that as we read it? Verse 25, first phrase. Here's what it says. Because sometimes we just skip right over some things. Here it is. Therefore I tell you, do not worry about what? About your life. About your life. Total big picture. And then he, he says what you eat or drink or what you will wear. And he uses the two examples of eating and, and clothes because I think they're something that we can resonate to. They're a part of our lives. We all eat every day. We all have clothes on, praise the Lord, this morning. And as he's, he's sharing this, this truth, he's using these examples to demonstrate the reality of what he's calling us to, faith. To have the fears and the worries and concerns and the anxieties we have in the living of life eliminated. Why? Because we have faith. 
faith. He's preaching this message on, the, on a hillside on the Sea of Galilee. Have you ever been by a big body of water, you know, like, like Michigan? What is a constant that's there? I just picture Jesus, he's there, he's, 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 he's preaching, he's talking, and, and what does he say? Right, right out of shoot when he said, don't worry about your life. And then he says, take a look, look at the birds. You ever seen birds at Lake Michigan? Always. Seagulls, they're annoying. But they're there, and Jesus points to them. And he says, look. Look at those birds. You realize, right, that they don't have barns? They don't have fields with crops? They don't do those things, and yet what is true? Your Heavenly Father feeds them. And then these words, I, I love it. I, I hope you grasp it, that you get it. It's part of the, the thing that ignites that faith and that trust in us in God. Here's what he says. Are you not, you see it? Are you not much more, not a little, not a tiny bit, are you not much more valuable than they? To your Heavenly Father. And then he shares that statement. A lot of questions in this text. Jesus is asking questions. Being blunt, open, and honest. He says, who, who by worrying can add a single hour to their life? And those two go together. Are you not much more valuable than they? Do you really believe when you think about things that you're worrying about, that they're anxious about, that God isn't concerned about you? And then that whole idea of worrying about, you know, single hour, you know, you don't know what's going to happen when you leave here. You're not know with preciseness exactly what's going to happen tomorrow. Guess who does? The one who cares about you. The one who loves you more than you'll ever, ever know. God. He's saying, do you get it? Do you understand? And it's about knowing God and, and knowing who you are to Him. The worth that you have to God is, is, is beyond the scope of our imagination. You have great worth to God. Do you believe that? I think that's a struggle sometimes because we're always being told that we're worthless in our culture and society. That's not God's message. It's just the opposite. care so deeply and so profoundly we just celebrated grace and proof of it see so that he asked he asked do, do, do you not know how valuable you are to me the one who you know you, you don't know what's going to happen tomorrow I know what's going to happen every minute of your life and I'll care for you I'll protect you I'll provide for you as you think about your worries, the list you had, do you believe that? He then looks at um, the flowers of the field, close. Same truth, just a different thing to illustrate it. Have you ever looked at a flower closely? 
You know, we have those sayings, stop and smell the roses. I don't do that as often as I should. I'm kind of a destination guy, not so much a journey person, just kind of crazy. But I have looked at flowers really closely. They're so intricately made. They're beautiful. And so here they are sitting on a hillside. And the hillside is scattered. There's the wildflowers all around. And he says, take a look. And did you realize that these flowers, these lilies, that not even Solomon, and I don't know if you know who Solomon is, and the import that Jesus is sharing here is there's nobody who was richer than Solomon, Scripture says, either past, present, or future. You know, people have tried to calculate his net worth. It's unimaginable. So what does that mean? He could have wore whatever he wanted, right? And not even Solomon was dressed like one of these flowers. And then these words again. If that's, if that's how the, God clothes the flowers of the field, how much more will he not clothe you? What comes next? Oh, you of little faith. Now, maybe you're not concerned about clothes. I was going to have some fun with that. I know at least part of us here, gender-wise, are concerned about clothes. Oh boy, I could get in trouble here. <laughs> Gals, you look great! You know, if you, if, you, if you took this apart in terms of not worrying about clothes, if you really took God at his word in terms of I'll clothe you, and, and, and remember this is about looking great, Solomon, you know, lilies of the field, awesome, wonderful, this would cut your shopping time in half, at least. And, and, and guys, um, I hope you have learned this truth. Here's a little bit of a counsel to you. If you ever have a gal, especially one that is your wife, say something like, do I look great in this dress? Remember to say, honey, no matter what you're wearing, you'll always look great to me. You're speaking truth, right? And it's a really safe answer. You can tell what I've used, huh? I've said that a couple times, maybe? No? Yeah? My wife's just shaking her head. Do you see the truth, though, in terms of what God's saying? If the flowers look beautiful, why do you worry about your clothes so much? Either what they are or having them? I'll take care of you. And then you just expand that. He goes on, he asks the questions. Lots of questions. See all the question marks in this text? If you have it before you and it's open. You know, so, so, so don't worry. Eating, drinking, what we'll wear, and then you go back up to what he said about 20, uh, verse 25 about your life. Why, why are you so worried and so concerned about all of these things? And, and I love this. It says, for, for the pagans run after all these. Verse 32. And by the way, the, the word pagan there is not meant to be derogatory, demeaning. It's just saying that, that's a reference to people who don't believe and who don't follow Jesus Christ. They chase after those things. They run after them. And, and I want you to think about that. Would this not be true about the overwhelming majority of the things right now that you had in your mind that you were concerned about? 
that maybe you're fearful about or anxious about had to do with what culture believes is true about those things in terms of not only the way that you need to believe but also what you need to have what needs to be a part of who you are and God is saying you know what don't, don't run don't go there don't run after those things don't let that be your, your life goal your aim your pursuit and you can list anything that it is you know, we have those sayings, keeping up with the Joneses, whatever it is that you want to say, I need to climb the corporate ladder, everything, all of those things. And we have worries and anxieties about all kinds of things. Money, finances, jobs, homes, on and on and on and on and on it goes. And God is saying, look, they chase after those things, not you. I, I want you to know this. Your heavenly Father knows that you need them. There's a difference between needs and wants, by the way. But he says, needs. He knows what's going on in your life. He knows what your worries and your concerns are. And if you believe that he is who he says he is, a God who loved you so much he sent his son to die for you, what does that mean in terms of anxiety and worries and fears? Jesus just asked him questions. I really think today that if Jesus came and he made these kinds of comments, he'd probably get in trouble. He'd be labeled um, insensitive, uncaring. Because isn't that kind of, of how we um, foster and, and, and let that stuff be a part of our lives? It's okay. I'm not saying that, that um, displaying emotions is a bad thing. Don't hear me saying that. But a lot of people just want to let us sit and wallow. It, it's okay to have, it's, it's okay to be frozen up. It's okay to be anxious. It's okay to be, and God is sending a different message. See, no, I want you to know who you are. And I want you to know who I am. I am a God who loves you beyond measure. I have promised to care for you, to provide for you, to protect you. Do you believe me? You are somebody who is so much more valuable than birds of the air. You can't imagine your great worth to me and how much I love you. Do you believe that? Is that true? Then if it is... Trust me. It's pretty profound. I don't think Jesus would follow the, the crowd in terms of what culture is saying we need to be today, even in respect to anxieties, worries, and fears. But he point out truth. And I remember um, all kinds of examples of that growing up and living life. I've had those things um, even when I was uh, I, don't know, I think I was around 13 and I grew up in a home, we didn't have a whole lot of resources a single mom, five kids and uh, I remember at that time um, you know, you're able to spread your wings a little bit and all the kids in the neighborhood had um, new bikes and really cool ones. I was very envious. 
And I did not have one. And uh, I, that caused problems for me. And so I had to make a decision, you know, could I just let that, I could just sit at home and mope and groan and all that other business. But I said, well, I'm going to figure out how to make this happen. And uh, I started to get jobs cutting grass and all that other business, probably a little bit sooner than that, really. But the point is this, what I want to share is that in, in, in all of that, and the same thing was true, I could do the same parallel about going to seminary. We had kids, it was not um, any way feasible that it was going to happen. Just like getting a new bike, and the things just didn't add up. But God provided. And what, what happened more so in each of those situations, as I just trusted and followed Him, and learned about that, I got more, you know, I don't I can't even tell you what kind of bike it is anymore, but I know what I learned. I learned how to work hard. I learned about discipline. I learned about doing things right. The things that I needed, not necessarily that I wanted, but that God blessed me in there. And I would say the same thing about seminary. And not that I have done that perfectly throughout life, but I tell you when he shares these words, don't run after all of those things. And then these words, verse 33, but seek first his kingdom and his righteousness and all these things will be given to you as well. It's true. And if you don't believe it, I challenge you. Right here, right now, I'll stir you down to believe it's true. You, know, you can get wrapped up and absorbed in, in worrying and, and being stressed out and fearful. Or you can trust God. And you can seek Him first. And I think about that in terms of concerns and fears and worries. I can't tell you how many times um, that, that I've had people come to me in the midst of all of that. And they will say something like this. Well, I guess now... I have to pray because prayer is the only thing I can do. And everything else is off the shelf. I've tried it all. It hasn't worked out. Inside I boil a little bit. But you see what God is saying here? What does he say? Seek when? Seek first his kingdom and his righteousness. I have a saying about prayer. Prayer is not the only thing you can do, it's the best thing you can do. And if it's the best thing, that's where you start. Seek first His kingdom and His righteousness. So whatever it is, you think about that list that you have. Whatever it is, are you praying about it? Are you putting it before the Lord? And perhaps you are. I'm not suggesting that you're not. And a whole understanding of following with faith about trusting God, taking Him at His word, literally. Who He is, who you are to Him. And then, and then taking steps to move towards that. Seek first His kingdom and His righteousness. About pursuing God and the living of life. There's a crazy thing that happens when you seek God. When you get into His word and you read it. And you start to hear about problems and issues and concerns that other people have and, and how God was God to them. There's something crazy that happens when you start to lay your concerns, your worries, and your fears before Lord genuinely and with faith. 
The crazy thing that happens is you start to know who God is. And you know who He created you to be. You start to realize that He delivers on His promises. And that He indeed will care for you, uphold you, give you strength in the midst of tragedies. He'll give you more than what you need. And things that you don't even ask for. Because out of His wisdom, His grace, and His love for you, knowing you better than you know yourself, single hour, He'll bless you that way. It's profound. It's awesome. And I want to submit to you this morning that it doesn't matter how big your giant is. It doesn't matter how high the wall. It doesn't matter how deep the water. It doesn't matter how massive the mountain. You have a God that is a God of the impossible. You have a God that you have great worth to and that loves you more than you'll ever know. And all he's asking is that you would follow him. And that you'd follow him with faith. Not with fear or worry. What you do with that is up to you. I know what his hopes, his plans, his dreams for you are. That you'd experience his power at work in your heart and in your life. As you pick up your feet and go. And you let him empower you. And that's next week. Will you pray with me? Gracious Heavenly Father, I give you praise and I give you thanks for being who you are. And Lord, as surely as, as we've had anxious moments and we've, we've had fears about things in our lives, so too have we experienced your goodness and your grace. Especially if we asked you into our heart and into our life. Lord, I just ask that each one of us, whatever that might be, would answer the questions that you give in, in the Word today. The words that you spoke point blank to us about the fears and the worries that we have. And who do we believe you to be? And who do we believe we are to you? And all we'd have to do, O oh Lord, is go outside and see a bird or a flower or even even snow now you are a God who created an incredible world a God who can do all things and who asks us to live with that truth and that faith in our hearts that we can do all things through you just letting you be the great Lord our God in our heart and in our lives and that that's what we chase after that's what we pursue might it be in your holy and your precious in your awesome name unleash the Holy Spirit in each one of us so that we'd rise up and be in your holy and precious name Amen